What is up? It's your host, Alicia, and you're here for a good time. And so am I. Could you imagine if I used that line the moment I showed up to a guy's house for like a one night stand? Epic. <laughs> Hello, everybody. I am so excited for today's guest. It is my friend, Gabby. I will let her do her intro, but the first time I met Gabby, we were sitting across from each other at a dinner table and she paused her conversation, looked at me and said, I need to talk to you at some <laughs> point. I need to talk to you. I didn't know if I was getting scolded and like kind of into it, but I was so ready and she's going to tell you exactly why. Um, Gabby, who are you and what do you do? Hello. Oh my gosh. That was such a good intro. I I remember that so prominently because I was like, we need to chat. We need to have a chat. Um, so my name is Gabrielle, Gabby, whichever one comes comes to mind. And I'm an intuitive channeler. And I, which means that I connect people's souls for a living, which is fun. So um I teach people how to use their intuition so that they can manifest more, very much in the spiritual space. And when I first met Alicia, so this was in September, just to kind of write off what she said, it was when I was just figuring out that I can channel and that I've really been channeling my whole life. And if you are a channeler, if you're a spiritual person, then you understand how important boundaries are, especially when you're at like a, a group setting, because people's everything is just flying at you. And at the time, I didn't know how to shut it off. So I'm sitting across from Alicia and her higher self was like screaming at me and her intuition and like down my throat was like, please talk to her. And so I, that's why I said, I was like, I'm, I can't finish my sentence. Cause Alicia, we need to speak if you're open to it. And you were, it was awesome. It was such a beautiful conversation, but, um, now luckily I'm able to shut that off so I can live in a little bit more peace. <laughs> I was going to say, how noisy does it get up there when you are in like a group setting and essentially what does it feel like? Cause obviously I don't know, maybe somebody listening knows how it feels, but to me, it just sounds like probably like 20 TVs on at once and you're trying to figure out who to listen to. Yeah. So when I, when I didn't realize what was going on and to give a little background on my story, just in case anyone's listening, who is a channeler, some people, when they realize that they're like mediums or psychic or however you want to define it, I personally define it as intuitive channeler. Um, they will either figure out when they're like first born, like a kid and like they're seeing people <laughs> and things or after their healing journey. And for me, I had to heal a lot to be able to open up enough to be able to do this. And that was part of my journey. And so um, it, before I knew how to shut it off, the best way I can describe it is I would be in a conversation with someone just like this, right? Like, like a podcast interview or like a business conversation. And I would get these downloads and I could not not say them. Like they would bug me so much until I got them out. And of course, being a human being, I can't just blurt it out. Like I, I have something coming through. Like, may I share it with you? Like not everyone's open to that. Like mm -hmm. obviously morals and respect, but my brain simply could not, not let me acknowledge it some way, somehow, either I had to write it down. Like I couldn't focus unless it was acknowledged that like, okay, I, I hear this coming through, put a pin in it. And I'll ask her at the end of our conversation if it's okay to say it. Um, now I just shut it out completely where they don't even have the option to like give me downloads unless it's super prominent. 
and sometimes every now and again, it'll come through, but it's nothing like that. So I hope that helped answer the question. For sure. And talking about just kind of your story around this, when was it that you figured out or like how old were you and how did that play into your upbringing? Just because um, even like just me with my faith and I know Mm -hmm. like how Christianity looks at something like this, Mm -hmm. mind you, I'm open to everybody and anything that, you know, they believe in and here for it all. But like, what did that look like growing up? And is this like, what type of home did you grow up in? And how did that come into play with everything? That's such a good question. And so I am from, I grew up about 30 miles north of Boston. And in my, over here in this area, I like when I went to school and stuff, no one went to church. Like that just wasn't, wasn't a thing, a handful of people. And my parents raised us. Oh my gosh. I don't even know what the heck it is. Christian Catholic. I don't know. We were, we were baptized and confirmed. And Mm -hmm. because in case we ever wanted to get married in a church, my parents wanted to give that option. We'd never been to church as a family besides for like the confirmation and all that. Um, so, so thankfully that that wasn't an issue on my end of, of, you know, the belief being in there, um, and other people kind of looking down on that, which was nice. Cause I do know people where that really is a big issue. I had someone message me who's very religious and she, you know, said, I, I swear I can do this too, but I, I could just never say it because I would literally just like, it would be so bad. And I felt so sad for her. Cause it's like, that must just feel so trapped. Um, and at the same time, I, I, you know, people's faith gives them is very healing for them and gives them faith mm-hmm. in all the things. And, uh, really appreciate, as you said, like, you know, you're open to everyone and everything. And I think that's such a beautiful way to look at it. But, mm-hmm. um, so that, that, that's how I grew up. It, thankfully wasn't, wasn't an issue, but I discovered this consciously when I was 29 years old. Um, I'm still 29. I'll be 30 in May. And now looking back, I realized that I was doing it my whole life. I just didn't know, like, you don't know what you don't know. And of course, like you just think that your mind is like your sister's mind or like your mind, your friend's mind. Like you don't realize that, that you process things a little differently. Um, like this was so interesting. My sister-in-law brought this up once where she was like reading a study and she was like, people either think in pictures or like stories or something like that. And I'm like, Oh God, I don't know if I do any of that. <laughs> like, geez, do I need to get my head checked. Clearly I did need to. Um, but anyway, so it, it, it unraveled itself at the perfect time because I had a lot of healing to do. And mm-hmm it came in like the most perfect time, but I was definitely eager for it because as a business owner, if anyone else listening owns a business, I didn't make money for six months. When I first started, it was a a struggle even making money after that. And it wasn't until I fully stepped into this that I was like, Oh wow. Okay. Like this is, this is what I knew was always going to transpire. If that makes sense. Yeah. I love that. I also love how you brought up that somebody of a certain faith, you know, came up forward and was like, Hey, I've been doing this, but like, I've been scared to, you know, come forward with it because I feel like that's the whole premise of this podcast. Um, Mm -hmm. in general is we're kind of breaking out of this mold of like, Hey, this is, you know, not what everybody will look like or should look like. Cause we have so many different experiences and like life just works out differently for everybody. And, you know, we can try our best at the end of the day to, um, you know, for me, it's, you know, live 
life and whatever faith that I practice and same with you, but like, I mean, you can only do so much to fit in a certain mold, but I also don't want to fit in a mold because it's just, yeah, it doesn't work. (laughs) It doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel aligned for you. And like, you have the, like the most beautiful soul's purpose the most beautiful. And I'm just so (laughs) glad that like you're sprinting with this podcast because it is going to be such a safe space for people to come in and be like, Hey, you know, I, I, I think a certain way and I realize other people don't, or, or I, I like something that, you know, other people really don't, or like, I look a certain way that other people don't like this, this podcast is to help people be seen and heard. And I just love how you're sharing this. And like, especially what you said with your faith, like you're, you're faithful and you're open to like everyone else and and anything else. And I just think that's so beautiful. You have to be, you know, like I'm not living your life. And so you have to just live your own life and have a good time. Oh my gosh. It's 11. I just saw that. Um, It did come up. And so I'm learning more about that, but I know you touched on, you know, you having to heal and what did that healing look like? And obviously if you're comfortable sharing, like what was it from? And, um, I'm huge on therapy. So did it Mm -hmm. look like that for you or it was, it was ugly and beautiful. Mm. I can now say it's beautiful looking back, but it sure as hell was not going through it. (laughs) Jesus. Yeah. That was awful. But so, so this is a great question. I, you know, I grew up upper middle class and, you know, we went on vacations. We, I had three sisters, like family was fine and all that. Um, close knit family. I, I love my parents deeply. And so I didn't really experience quote unquote trauma. And I want to just kick this in quickly. When people hear the word trauma, they think it's like, they have to like get like hit by a car, or like almost murdered or something like that mm-hmm. for it to be like, Consider trauma, but there's so much trauma that happens that we store in our body and and keep deep down as much as a classmate pushing you on the playground when you're five years old, like that sticks with you and it comes up in your adulthood. And so I went into college, not really experiencing any trauma besides like stupid sister fights and like things like that, (laughs) um, had quite a few of those, um, relatable. Yeah. Right. Until I got into a more serious relationship and I was dating this person for about three years and, you know, friends with all of his friends, all the things. And, um, come to find out he was living a double life and I had no idea. So he was in the military and he lived in the town. My story right now or yours? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Right. (laughs) Whose story is this? Am I like reading your mind right now? No, it's, it's, it's oddly similar. So, um, he lived in the town where we went to college and, you know, looking back on this, like we were kids, we were like 21 or I think I was from when I was 18 to like 21. Um, but it really kickstarted so much of me. So he was living a double life where his overnight shifts (laughs) or not overnight shifts, his overnight shifts were freaking clapping cheeks and doing all that fun stuff. It was, yeah. Um, and it was going on about eight, ooh, eight months. Wow. And, and I had no idea. And all of my friends knew and no one told me. And the person who ended up telling me was his best friend who you think would have like loyalty to him. But he, he told me, he's like, you know what? You're just, Gabby's just 
something around me being a good person and like wanting to tell me. And I really appreciated him telling me, but so that instance, but right before I found out about that, that summer, I found out in November and that summer I was up visiting him. Cause I was back at my parents in Massachusetts. He lived in New Hampshire and I slept over the next morning. My tire was flat and I'd never experienced a flat tire. Like I, you know, I just had my license for like two years mm. and my gut immediately said, call dad. He'll come pick you up, get the car towed. Immediately, my gut said, don't drive on it. I looked at him because at this time, like I didn't trust myself at anything. I didn't realize I didn't trust myself, but now I do. And I, he's like, oh, you're fine. We'll take it to the gas station right down the street. Fill it up with air. You'll be fine. I listened to him. I get in the car. I'm on 95 and I'm in, I remember I was in between exit 56 and 55. And I had just hung up with my, with my best friend. And I saw my odometer shoot up and I was like, that was weird. It went from like, I don't know, like going 70 to like 90. I'm like, that was so weird. And then before I can even put two and two together, my car started spinning out. So I went 180 one way and this is in four lanes and in 95 in Massachusetts, it's like people just drive like such idiots, like absolutely flying. And I remember right, right before I spun out, I was in the third lane, a car blew past me in the fast lane. I was going 72. He had to have been going 90. I'm telling you, if that was one second after, I would have been just toast. So my car spins out 180 one way, 180 the other way, a full circle. So at this point, I'm going towards the oncoming traffic of the direction that I was on southbound. Mm -hmm. And then as I was getting control, I went up on two tires and I flew off into the median and I was about a foot away from oncoming traffic. And I always wear my seatbelt. My sunroof was open and I just sat there like what the actual, you know, what just happened. And so then this nicest man in the world, I wish I got this man's name and phone number because I want to give him the largest hug. He pulled over him and his wife. And I swear they were like from the South or something. They had accents. They pulled me out of the car and they just hugged me Mm. and they said, you're okay. Everything's fine. And they like angels on this earth. I, if you're listening, I love you so much. (laughs) I need to find, like, now I'm like, I need to find these people, angels on this earth. And then everything, you know, an ambulance going the other way saw and like stopped and then like came back. I was like, I'm fine. Thankfully I, I, I came out without a scratch. Don't ask me how, but it was the emotional toll that it took on me. And I couldn't drive for about a year and a half. Mm, I, I did not drive on the highway for the longest time. Mm-hmm. Um, even still sometimes driving on the highway, I'm always like, does something smell bad? Like burning rubber? Like is, is my car okay? Like it's, it's luckily cars now tell you like the tire monitors, but that really kickstarted my, my healing journey. Wow. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. I feel like there's so much also just to unpack within that, but just even going back to this relationship and, um, Mm -hmm. staying that and listening to this person, even though your gut told you to just, you know, Mm -hmm. wait for your dad and everything. Um, it just goes to show like how trusting, um, we are and how much we always want to give people the benefit of the doubt of like, oh, this, you know, I've created a safe space for you. And like, I feel like you always create a safe space for every, everybody around you, Gabby. And I've seen it time and time again, um, that you always think that they're going to be, you know, doing the same for you and having your best interest at heart. 
I also found it really funny that his friend told on him because there's so many memes out there about (laughs) girls like going after the best friends after or the best friends hitting the girls up. And I'm like, it's true. Yeah. What he was doing. Yep. Yep. A hundred percent. Do you know how badly I wanted to do that? And I literally said that to him one night. I was like, just, just to get back at all this. I'm really tempted to do that. Didn't. And I'm glad I didn't, but man, that was tempting. Um, but you know, it's, yeah, you, we, we trust other people's opinions and instincts more than our own. I should say instincts over opinions. We trust other people's intuitions over our own. And that's exactly what I did. And it bit me right in the ass. And now doing a 180, looking at like how you ask people to show up for themselves and really Mm -hmm. trust their own purpose and their instinct. I think that's so powerful. And I feel like that's, it's, yeah, just coming back to what you, I mean, it's always that should have, would have, could have. Um, And I like hate looking at stuff that way because- everything well, happens the way it should. Yeah. Right. It is. But I think, yeah. Reflecting is so important of like, okay, why in that moment did I trust this person? And like, there's also, do you think there was a sense of authority because he was in the military? And mm-hmm. I mean, for myself, for sure. I was mm-hmm. like, you know, with my ex, I was like, there's no way he could be lying about like all mm-hmm. these things because he's like fought war and wars and like all this stuff. Whereas like, yeah. And it was because of that. I'm like, he would fight for his country. Of course. Why would he ever lie about like anything? And they know safety. They're trained in safety things. He knows about a flat tire. He knows what's, you know, like, no. Mm-hmm. And, and not, not saying that, 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 that was his fault at all, but it's, it's, I put the trust in that when I really wish I had called my, my dad. Right daddy I wish I called you because like you know he and who knows maybe he would have said the same thing but it's you know it's somebody like your parent for them you know in, in almost all situations is the one who really like above all else will put you above anything and so really your safety first when in that moment or after all that I realized like I don't know if that was the safest decision and I feel like that was a lot of my healing journey and looking like, you know, he obviously didn't fully care about me because of what he was doing even then behind my back. So of course he was just like, oh yeah, no, just get out of here. You're good. That was a lot for me. That was scary. Oh, I can only imagine. And just seeing who you are now, obviously it's very clear that that work has been done. And it's, I feel like work is just continuous throughout. Like when we deal with one piece of shit, the other one, oh. you know, like something yeah. else comes up and we're like, oh, okay. Let's it opens this. <laughs> That's it. And it's, it took me like this and for everyone listening, I really just want to emphasize it has been, I'm pretty sure I was 19 years old then maybe 20, but I think 19 and I'm 29 now it is, it has been a 10 year journey that, that, that was not, that was not a quick thing. And mm-hmm. I'm still releasing parts of it that right. are stuck in my subconscious still. And the healing work. So to give, you know, kind of paint the picture of what work I did, I want to preface this by saying you do what is in alignment for you. And um, it's Mm. two, two, two on my clock. My eyes just went up. (laughs) It's there's no, there's no um, right way to do it. It's all, everyone needs different things. So I've been in talk therapy for ever since then. And I've been with my same therapist for the past eight years. Shout out Pam. She makes the world go round. 
I love you, Pam, if you're listening to this. And then, yeah, right, legit. And then um, hypnotherapy was really big for me. So that's mm-hmm. where you get hypnotized and go deep back into your subconscious. Uh, channeling was helpful when I found like a trusted channeler to help me um, really dive deep into my subconscious to see what I wasn't seeing. Um, EFT tapping. I now recently learned how to teach people to tap because it was, it's the most accessible way to change your subconscious and to release Mm. because hypnotherapy, it's expensive. It is not cheap and not everyone has access to that. So Mm -hmm. there is this person, if anyone's interested in trying tapping, his name is Brad Yates on YouTube. He has about over 2000 tapping videos on any topic that you can think of. 10 minutes long, it will change your life. Okay, Gabby, just to give a lowdown on like what tapping is, because whenever I say like tapping, I'm usually like ready to tap that. Um, And so that's not what she means in this scenario. No, no, that's what I mean. (laughs) But that's not the good time that Gabby's talking about. So Gabby, what is tapping? (laughs) This is another good time. This is another good time. (laughs) See, I always say begging. I always say, always, I'm, I say begging. I'm such a freak, but (laughs) I'm hosting my, myself here on the podcast. Tapping EFT tapping is when you touch your face, you like, you tap around meridian points with two fingers around your face essentially. And on your chest and under your armpit. Um, and what that does is it just, you say something out loud as you tap those points and it helps rewire your brain. So definitely not as fun as the other type of tapping, but definitely helpful. <laughs> I mean, you could do both tappings at the same time. You, <laughs> you really want. could. You really could. I'm going to try that report back. Maybe, maybe <laughs> it just like, it like skyrockets the healing. Right. There. It's just like you're healing and you're letting go of a bunch of things along with like getting it in. This is, that's like a get, that's good time squared girl. Like <laughs> Eric, if you're listening, giddy up, giddy up. You will report back on this. I love that. But I also love that you touched on how therapy doesn't look the same for everybody. And I'll admit it. I have, you know, told so many of my friends of like, oh, you're dealing with this. Like, why aren't you going to therapy and whatever else? And just because I can sit there and, you know, talk to my therapist about everything that's going on my, on my, on in my life. It doesn't mean that everybody can or wants to do the same as well. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think there's also like so much judgment around therapy. Mm -hmm. I mean, for some reason, millennials got the short end of the stick and we're like, we're all in therapy. For real. For (laughs) real. Some kind of fucking healing work from our parents' generation that got passed down to us. But yeah, it's so um, like therapy looks so different for people. And Mm -hmm. for some people that's going out and like say running or going to the gym or yeah, doing, um, everything like EMT tap or tapping. And there's, it's, you got to find what works for you. And you're right. Like talk therapy. I feel it's so important to talk it out. You feel it's so important to talk it out, but the listener may be like, I hate that, hate that. Mm -hmm. And I will say with therapy, it's like dating. You got to find the right one who matches your style. Like I sat in a therapist's office and this is where I was at the height of my anxiety. I was having panic attacks each day. Like it was really bad. And she's like, okay, let's meditate. I'm like, bitch, meditate. No shot. I need to talk. I need you to, what do you mean freaking meditate? You think I'm going to slow my brain now? 
No, now at this point in my life, that would really help me. Then I was like, ah, get me out of here. There, it, <laughs> if I have to sit here for an hour and pretend to be shutting my eyes when I secretly am like jumping out of my skin, there's, there's zero fucking chance. <laughs> and, and that's it, you know? So when I found Pam, like, like she just matched my style. She let me speak. And then also like told me, she put me in my place too, when I needed it. Cause mm-hmm. it's not all just like, oh, you're doing a great job. I really appreciated how she was like, girlfriend, knock it off. And I was like, true. Like, yeah. <laughs> I got in a relationship with Eric, who's now my husband, praise him. By the way, Eric has like really cool Christmas decorations. So <laughs> if you ever want to go look at them, go follow Gabby. They're, they're top tier. You Eric are this year. He's a unique individual. He'll just go and get a random tattoo. He has like, you should see his legs. He has like, like creatures. I'm like, what is this that's on your body for the rest of our life that our kid is someday, which we don't have yet, but we will, is going to look at and be like, daddy, what's this? And you have to explain what this like devilish creature on your leg is. Okay. And he's like, well, it's just fun. I'm like, you live your life. Like I support you, but figure out what you're going to tell our children one day, please. Cause you need to tap about this. Like yeah, you, do. you do. You need to tap that one out. He has, um, he's just beats to his own drum. I, I freaking love him so much, but Anyways, I learned about all of that with my prior boyfriend in November and Eric and I met at the end of January out of a total freaking freak thing. Because when I said I was either going to be a lesbian because no way a girl would ever do that to me, or I will just never date again if I wasn't going down the girl route. And before I could even do anything, I had moved into this apartment because I just up and left and, and moved to Boston on my own at this point. And I was living with seven random girls. And I was so afraid of that because I come from a house of all women. I was like, I'm so done with this. Right. They turned out to be some of my best friends. They were awesome. And they... um I was the only one without a Tinder. And again, I was never dating again. No way. Mm-hmm. They made me a Tinder and Eric was my third match. Oh, my and I, goodness. and I made him talk to me for like three weeks. Cause I was like, so I was just like, I'm not, he's like, please let me take you on a date. I was like, absolutely not. And he just kept, he was persistent. And then eventually my gut funny enough was like, just go. I'd never been, I know it's not like a blind date, but I've never ever done anything like that. And mm-hmm. I was so freaking nervous. But anyways, since we met, we, I always say we're dating ever since we met. He's like, it was a couple weeks after. And I was like, I don't, what were you doing boy? Cause I was, I wasn't doing anything. Um, but I had a lot of healing to do. Mm. it was fresh anytime. Like he w- went to Syracuse and we were living in Boston. So he'd go to New York and visit his friends a lot. I would be up all night. Like this man's cheating on me, trying to look at everyone's social media, like trying to figure out his path. I was like nutso. And so I needed the therapy to be like, you, you're not doing this right. Mm. But essentially just finding your own style that works for you. That was a little bit of a tangent, but (laughs) showing you. I loved it because I'm in a very similar situation. Obviously everybody knows I just got out of something. Um, early December and just even like going into something with somebody who I've been friends with for like three years who also just got out of something. I look at it now and I'm like, okay, no, I know I have like healing to do, but I also, you know, love what we have sort of thing and like want to see where it goes. But at the same time, it's almost like, yeah, it's playing with those things and figuring out, okay, can I do my own healing and not rely on you to mm-hmm. try and heal me? Cause I think so many people go into relationships that way of like, 
oh, this next one is going to fix everything in my life. But I think there's also, you know, healing together as well. Um, that happens because there's that trust aspect of like, Hey, now there's two of us involved. So like, not only do I have to trust myself on my own and everything that I'm feeling, but I also have to trust like everything that we kind of bring to the table together as well. Mm -hmm. Um, so I love that. Where did you guys go on your first date? To this place called Fajitas and Rita's in Boston. And we actually just went there the other day. It's yeah, you did. Yeah. It's like their margaritas just hit different. You know, like when you go out and get one, they put like a splash of tequila. These mofos put half the bottle in there and it's like, Ooh, it's just, it's amazing. So, well, (laughs) I should say we, we tried to go to fajitas and Rita. So get this. I was so scared of getting like murdered. I was like, this guy is going to like, I I just never done this. This is a new city. I was like, I'm going to get killed somehow. So I had all my friends who I was living with, who I had just met go to fajitas and Rita's and at another table, just in case I needed an out, just in case I was being cat, you know how scared I was to be catfished. Like I thought it was going to end up on MTV. I thought I was going to be on that. Like I was, I had never <laughs> speak dial, just like ready to go. So, um, I had them sitting at the table and by the time they went like an hour before us. And by the time I met Eric there, it was bumping and we couldn't get a table. Mm-hmm. And so we went to a place next school, next door called Papagayo, which is now out of business, unfortunately, but my friends were sitting there. Of course, I'm not answering my phone. I'm like having the time of my life. Cause Eric was 10 times hotter in person than he was in his pictures. <laughs> and my friends are like, she's not, she's, she actually is like, cat, like she's murdered. Like, where is she? <laughs> it was, they were so like, and, and of course, like I didn't answer them until four in the morning and they were just like, all right, <laughs> that was like we really were about to put out like a missing persons report. Um, but anyway, so my, and I want to give you advice too, for what you're navigating through. Cause mine was so similar. Like you can be in a relationship and do your own healing work. Mm. And my, my biggest piece is to just like, when you, let's say he's going out with his friends or, you know, away for a weekend and you're like triggered, let's say, I know that was in my case acknowledge that and take that to therapy and being Mm -hmm. like, I know like in my marriage, like assuming down the line, you'd like to get married. Like, that's not how I want to be. This does not feel good for me to like be up all night trying to spy on this person who could just be very innocently hanging out with his friends. Mm -hmm. Take that to therapy and really work through that because I didn't for a while and it was not good for our relationship. Wow. I think there's yeah, almost like shame in that because I did the same thing with like my last relationship of being like, Oh, like, I don't want to bring this to therapy because like, I'm just getting into my head about it. And it was one of those things where I couldn't differentiate whether it was like possibly true and -hmm. like an actual gut feeling, or Mm -hmm. it was a trigger. And majority of the time in my case, it was my gut feeling being like, Hey, what the heck? Um, but yeah, really differentiating those two and working through it. And for the longest time I didn't. So I totally agree with that is yeah. Taking it to the table side note. Do you think guys go on dates with girls and they're like, Oh my gosh, what if she's like some psycho killer? Or is that just a girl thing? Cause you said that. And right away I was like, the amount of times I've said that before I've gone on a date, I'm like, <laughs> now I'm like, do guys think this as well? Like, do they go into things? And they're like, fuck, what if I get murdered tonight? Like I really wish Eric was home because I would call him in here right now and ask him that question. You know what? We're going to pop that on as a poll and we're just going to put it up and see what everybody says. Because I'm really curious now. What do you guys think before they go on a date? 
I was like ready to swing. I was like, I, my fists were going. Like I probably had my pepper spray locked and loaded. I don't go anywhere without my pepper spray because I'm ready to rumble at all times. And even, so I have two pit bulls. Even when I'm out walking them, I'm like, I got my pepper spray in my fist. I'm like, who's jumping out of the woods? Like who's ready to go? Why? Why? It's because I watched the damn news, which yeah. I had to stop doing, but all these scary, awful, awful, awful things in there. But I do wonder that. Yeah, we're gonna awesome. we're gonna have to let the guys speak on this one and mm. let us know what kind of goes. Yeah. On. <laughs> but I love that your friends were there, just kind of like it reminds me of just friends wearing those like glasses with a mustache, kind of sitting at the <laughs> table. Like that is what I'm imagining. <laughs> it was a hundred percent it. Like and 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 they were so solid for doing that. They were ready. They were on the lookout. And then of course we were nowhere to be found. So. Oh my gosh, I love this. And yes. now you both are married to each other, which is. Amazing. What is the best part about being married? I have never been married, but hopefully one day. Um, and what is the hardest? Okay. So the best part is you can have sex literally whenever you want. That's fun. Cause you live together. We live right. for that. And then just like going to bed at night with your person being like, you're not going anywhere. Mm. divorce is really expensive where we live. Like we're not, you're not going anywhere. Like, you know, like, but like for real, like we just knowing that, like, so grounded and knowing that like, that is my person. I have found my person and we, Mm. he helps me grow. I help him grow. And just being able to watch him, excuse me, through like all seasons of his life. Like he got a promotion and, and stepping into the role of a husband. And then, you know, hopefully one of these days as like father. And it's just so beautiful to like really be tied to that person's journey as much as they're tied to yours and mm-hmm. having that deep love. And we waited a while to get married. I met him when I was 21. I got married at 29 recently back in September. Mm-hmm. Um, we waited a long time and our parents were fine with it, but society, I mean, man, people ask us all the time. They're like, Oh, he probably doesn't want to marry you. I'm like, or we're just having fun. Like we were out living in New Mexico. We were traveling the U S we were adopting dogs. We were buying a house, like chill, please. We wanted, I, I, for me, especially after what I went through is I wanted to know this person inside and out. I wanted to see you stressed out. How do you respond? Mm -hmm. I want to see you angry as hell. How do you respond? Mm -hmm. You still have integrity. Can mm-hmm. I still respect mm-hmm. you in all scenarios? And when I realized that I could, I was like, okay, that is a good man. That man has character. And I know I like he's like a mic drop moment, Gabby. Like, I just need to take that in because that was so good, especially the integrity part. Yeah. I feel like we always forget about integrity when it comes to relationships, whether that's friendship or with our parents or whoever, or even, yeah, like a partner. It's, it just like flies right over our heads. Um, so it's so important that you said that, but I just love how you've mapped all of those things out. And you're like, yes, that was it. And like, and, and at being an entrepreneur, do you support me come hell or high water? Mm-hmm. Not financially. I did not rely on financial support up right. until I literally did not have a freaking choice. But for years I was like, I got myself into this hole and it's going to be for me. Um, and then once we got married, obviously it was different, but I would say the hardest part is Hmm. I don't, when we, you know, we've only been married for a little while, a couple months now, mm-hmm. but like when you disagree, like having a compromise, like I'm so independent. He's so independent that like, I hate having a freaking compromise. 
right? Like we were just out car shopping and I was like, I want these brands of cars just because I don't want them to break. Right. And he was like, well, we're going to look outside the box there. Cause like, what about that? I'm like, Oh my God. And so there's times where I'm just like, so want to just go out and make my own decision. I'm like, shit, I can't do that anymore. Cause like we're, we combine bank accounts. We have, you know, like everything, like it's, it's our money. It's not just my money anymore. And just making the decisions like that, like, like, so- and, and he, he's so supportive. Like he, and, and like, we share money because we don't give a shit what the other person does. Like if he wants to go out and buy like a $3,000 drum set, like have at it, you work hard. That's totally fine. Right. If I wanted to go out and buy like something, he wouldn't care either. But when it comes to like a family car, like we had to compromise. <laughs> and there are times where I want to kick him across the face. I didn't, but I really wanted to. <laughs> That would, just I would say that's like on the couch and he's like giving you a massage. You're just like, mm. yeah, yeah <laughs> I like just do this right now. Right. right. I, I could, I'm not gonna, I really want I mean, to imagine me doing this. But... <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm definitely, definitely like visualizing that, but I'm not gonna. <laughs> and also just get away from you for a little bit, please. It's <laughs> <Totally>. just <laughs> like breathe in your own space. Cause I feel like when you're mad at somebody for me, at least I just can't even stand them breathing near me. Like go do that somewhere else. I cannot hear it. I don't want to see them. I don't, I want to look around the room and not see you <laughs> go upstairs. You know, like that's why I'm glad we have a guest room with the comfiest guest bed. Cause sometimes I'm like, I'm sleeping in here tonight. You're just like, which is totally uh, fine. Like I think 100%. more people need to do something like that and be like, yes. Hey, I just need space. And like, yes. cause we were so independent before all of these, yeah. you know, relationships oh. that we were into and whatever else. So yeah, super key. But mm-hmm. you brought up one of my favorite parts: mm-hmm. having sex all the time. Yeah. Your favorite position? Oh my god! See, this is—I'm ousting myself here. So <laughs> many people talk shit about missionary. Oh. I when when you're are like when your hips are you're, you're hitting all the right spots. That and doggy, it's I really the pillow. Do. It's the pillow under the hips. Thank you. Everyone's like, oh, missionary, like you're so vanilla. Sign me up if that's vanilla, because I whatever. <laughs> yeah. I don't need to be stretching my legs to friggin' Timbuktu to have a good time. Like, let right. <laughs> I absolutely like that too. I don't need to be doing any. Like, I don't I, I don't I, I don't I'm not I, I'm trying to work my flexibility. I'm not the most flexible cat in the world. So I'm like I I don't, I don't need to be like pulling hamstrings. <laughs> I, feel that. I feel that on a personal level, my hips are just, I don't even know it's they're They're hopefully lying right now. Um, <laughs> and they are super tight, but no, I feel that, but that also gives you like the perfect position, like not only to tap yourself, but like right? also tap him. like Gabby, you've got this in the bag girl, like the pillow, oh my God. Bed, the tapping, all of it is going on at once. I am here for this. If I start doing that next to this man that I'm with, I I'm going to think of you that while I'm doing this now. That this may be happening. it. That may be the thing. I'm going to get it. It is very, very underrated. And I feel like <laughs> more people like it than they want to admit, but 100%. because we've like, oh, like almost shunned it and been yeah. like, oh, you only like that. Yeah. Yeah. So you know what? I applaud you for bringing that up. And it's safe. It's a safe position. I I, I know I'm going to go into it with a good time. I know I'm not going to get myself all riled up to have, and thank God Eric is like next level, which is one of the reasons why I married the man, but 
you know, like back in the day, you, you must go into this in a safe position because mm-hmm. if I'm trying some funky shit and this is not <laughs> a good time, then I'm really wasting my time. And I'm just not, I'm not trying to have that because we all have our needs here. And if mine aren't being met, then this sucks. <laughs> no. And the older you get, the more out of commission you are. So oh like Christ. that pulling that hamstring is going to last <laughs> for like four or five days. And it just, it messes shit up for everybody. And then somebody else wants to kick you in the face and you're like, okay. It really does. I'm like, what if I'm like bloated? Like, I don't need like my stomach stretched and all because it like, I, I, I didn't, this isn't like I'm 21 years old again. Like, come on. There's just no, I don't need to be looking down and being like, oh my God. Like, there's just no way. <laughs> I love it. So missionary it is, baby. Safe position. I'm here for it. I am here for it. Well, just to kind of end things off, because I feel like this was such a fun conversation and we hit so many things, like started super serious and got into, you know, all of your trauma and everything and ended it off with this. Because I know this is what you do for folks. What mm-hmm. is your life's purpose? Helping people, empowering people to listen to their own intuition and teaching them how to do that because it really doesn't come intuitively, lol, to many people, right? Because like society conditions us to, listen to everyone else Mm -hmm. and help people manifest more. Like as a channeler, I can see like when people are desiring, I can just see the beauty that's manifested for people, the kids, the home, the family, the, the work engagements. I can see it so clearly. And it's my, my mission to help people see that as well and believe that they can achieve that because it, it, I always say on Instagram, like it's, it's done for you and it's done for you because I'm able to see it. It's right there. It's just about you aligning with the vibration of it. And to do that, you need to let go of things that aren't serving you anymore mm. and heal and really step into you yourself in your purest form. Because once you do it, it's, it's already done. It's there. It comes right to you. It just mm-hmm. needs that vibration from you. And so that that's mine. That that's what I'm on a mission to do. And I'm just so excited to be doing it. And you are doing it in like, I think the most purest form, because I just remember when we had spoken and did our session, um, I didn't really know what you meant about something or somebody holding me back. That was also causing a lot of insecurities in my life. But I remember as everything kind of played out with the last breakup, I remember you messaged me and you're like, remember when I said, Hey, you had to like get rid of something in order for you know, your insecurities to kind of like pop up and be like, Hey, we got to deal with this. And that was like the shedding of that. It was yeah. A full 360 in that moment of being like, Oh, right. Like this was it. A thousand percent, a thousand percent. And I have a name that's coming to me like crazy. And I can wait until we, we stop recording or I can share it with you now and you can edit it out. Was his name Kevin? No. Who is Kevin? I don't know. Okay. Okay. We're going to talk about Kevin in a second. Cause I have Kevin. Oh, well, I'm scared. <laughs> it doesn't, it doesn't mean that it's like a new, it, it can be like a business thing. It doesn't mean it's like a new boyfriend, but there is like a Kevin who's coming in hot right now from like, it could be a family member, anything. So we'll, we'll talk about that in a second. Interesting. I know we're going to, we're going to leave you all with that. And I yeah. think that <laughs> we're going to well, find gonna, who Kevin is. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> we're just anyways, where can we find you Gabby? Cause I'm pretty sure people want to know what's going on with them and how to help them find, you know, their purpose and their, um, just really trusting themselves once again and figuring out what that looks like. Follow me on Instagram. So my Instagram's at Gabrielle Lara. Gabrielle has two E's in it at the end. 
because the other Gabrielle Lara was taken. Or you can visit my <laughs> website, gabriellelara.com, just one E. Everything's on there. Come slide in my DMs. Come hang out. Like I'm, I'm, I'm always there, ready to chill. This was so fun. I appreciate this. I loved having you on and I love this conversation. Everything will be linked in the episode and I cannot wait for everything that's coming your way, girl. I'm so stoked for you and this just new era that you are stepping into. I'm so excited too. And I can't wait to see you soon. Seriously. So I know for everyone listening, thank you so much. Thank you.